What's up, everybody? Welcome to the first episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Secrets Podcast. I'm excited to give you guys another form to learn about some jiu-jitsu stuff. So just for some of you guys that have followed me around for a little bit, this is like my third go-around with podcasts. Um, I think this one is going to be the best one just for consistency because I've done one with the cohort uh, with a partner and it's very hard to get everyone's schedules aligned and you try to make it all produced and nice and fancy. Yeah, it gets tough. And then I tried to do one with interviewing people and always finding a guest is tough. So this one is going to be more about jujitsu tips and tricks and everything's going to be under, you know, 10 to 15 minutes. My goal is to actually record these in my car um, as I'm commuting around teaching classes after training, before training. And I stole this idea from a really good marketer called Russell, or his name is Russell Brunson. He started um, a podcast called Marketing Out of Your Car, where he teaches like just little things about marketing and stuff as he's driving to work and just that kind of stuff. And I thought that was a really good idea in the sense of it's pretty easy to be able to do. And if that gets you guys help and uh, an easy thing for you guys to digest and to learn a little bit about jujitsu, then that's what I'm here for. Um, yeah, I even like to answer people's questions and stuff. So if you guys have anything, any topics you want me to talk about or any questions you have, you know, hit me up on Instagram, um, at Chasen Hill. And that's a good way you can send me like a little voice memo and, and then I can, you know, weave that in here with my elementary editing skills. But yeah, so welcome to episode one of the Jiu Jitsu Secrets podcast. And it's going to be very secret because it's just you and me in my car and me spewing jujitsu knowledge. So the first episode I kind of wanted to discuss is a little bit about the uh, just kind of my backstory and a little bit about jujitsu and how I got into it. This is, believe it or not, one of the most common questions I get asked. And since it's episode one, people are going to be probably coming back and, and listening to this. So, um, you know, I started training jujitsu when I was 18 years old. Um, you know, I was in college and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I played sports in high school, wasn't really good enough to go play college. So, I wanted to do another activity, so I found jiu-jitsu, started training, and like most white belts, you know, my journey was up and down. I would train some and then be gone, and I would train for six months and be gone for six months, and I did that over course for probably about two years, and then I finally got my stuff together, finally got my shit together, and my instructor at the time was trying to build up the school, and he came to me and said, hey, um, I really want to get you to your blue belt because I think you'd be great at helping teach some kids classes and kind of be an assistant, but I need to get you to a blue belt. I need you to get you caught up on the curriculum. So that way we're all on the same page. And I was like, Oh, that's awesome. And so honestly, I kind of did that more in the sense for my own, uh, self benefit. I was like, man, he's going to, he's going to fast track me. I'm going to get to my blue belt. And all I got to do is help teach classes. Oh, that's awesome. But really, you know, he was, um, you know, utilizing me because he needed bodies, but he, he had to trade something for that. So I looked at it as a win-win. Hey, I was going to get more jiu-jitsu training and, and then all I got to do is just help teach classes. And so I kind of then got my stuff together and, you know, I had someone guiding me at that point and I felt like I had something to be accountable for because I had to get to my blue belt because if I wanted to, you know, get the free training membership and all this stuff, I needed to become a blue belt. So that's what kind of motivated me and shot me into this idea of, of becoming a blue belt. And then so fast forward, you know, I did that. And then I started teaching kids classes, starting assisting in adult classes, and then, you know, climbed the never ending jujitsu ladder, 
you know, got to purple belt and brown belt and black belt. And, uh, yeah, that's where I am now. So now I'm a first degree black belt. I've been a black belt for around four years. So I've been teaching and training jujitsu now for 13. I've actually been teaching now longer than I've been an instructor. Like I said, I started teaching as a blue belt. So it's very, uh, different for me whenever I show up to, when I go visit schools and I'm just a hundred percent, a student, I don't have any responsibility of, you know, teaching people and, you know, look, being looked at as that kind of a, an authority figure, it's, it's kind of nice sometimes. So, you know, jiu-jitsu instructors are human too. They like to train. They like to do um, self-benefiting things, even though we like to help other people. So yeah, that's a little bit about my backstory of how I kind of got into jiu-jitsu. You know, I wanted to train because I was a smaller individual. I was only about 135 pounds and I was 18, so I wasn't very big. I'm still not very big. I'm like 155, 160 now, but you know, I'm this is, I'm 30 now. So that's a lot, lot different. You know, I've put on quote unquote, my adult weight, which is not that much. So my jujitsu is very kind of like little man, little game. Um, so I wanted to learn self-defense. So I kind of started with that and I was very fortunate to find an academy that really vibed with that. So I learned self-defense very early on and I didn't really start getting into more sportive or, you know, more, um, yeah, more sportive techniques, whatever you want to call it until a lot later in my career. So, but I really like, uh, watching the sport. I like watching the UFC cause I still like self-defense because that's who the main people I teach. I teach a lot of law enforcement, um, on a daily basis. So I still want to make sure that I serve my students the best way I can by, uh, you know, giving them what they need. But also I don't ever want to be that instructor that if a student comes to me and ask about like, you know, X guard or some other, crazy position. I I have some kind of knowledge about it. I may not be world champion, but I have a bit of information. So that's kind of my goal with this. And if you guys don't already know, I have a YouTube channel. You can just Google Chase and Hill and that's a lot more produced and well-produced than this podcast. But, um, you know, I go into a lot more depth. Those are longer form videos. And I give a lot about training tips and tricks of things that I wish I would have known in training jujitsu. So this is for me and you guys to get a little bit more personal in this. And I share some other things. So it's not as deep, but yeah, so that's kind of my basic story about how I got started into jujitsu and, and a lot of questions I get asked is, well, what's one thing that, you know, you wish you could have done differently or thought about differently or just done differently in your jujitsu career. And I have a lot, but if I had to do one, I would say it would be slow down, slow down because in jiu-jitsu because now with the media and you guys probably follow including myself all kinds of jiu-jitsu people you know if you're seeing these guys like um you know there's a pretty famous jiu-jitsu guy named Nicky Rodriguez and you see his brother and those guys are now like some of the top people known in jiu-jitsu and they've only been training for like four or five years and you kind of see all these people, you know, Gordon Ryan, you know, he became well, really well known after only five years or six years of training jiu-jitsu, which is very impressive. And those guys should get a lot of credit. But I have now been finding that when students are starting to train jiu-jitsu, you know, they get infatuated, they start Googling, they start seeing everything. It's very hard for them not to compare themselves to these individuals, you know, but these guys are young, they're athletic, they're training four or five times a day. So it's not that they don't put in a lot of work. It's not that they're getting lucky. They are doing what they need to do. And so they're arising to the top a lot sooner. 
if you're 40 years old or even 30 years old and you have to work a full-time job and you have a family to support and you know you, you can't just only live on the mat and you don't want to live like a college um you know roommate for the rest of your life and and jujitsu is not as important to you as as these guys then you know it's okay if you don't learn as fast it's okay if people progress faster than you um you need to stop comparing yourself to what you see around you or the sport that you're watching the sport is for entertainment okay that's all it is um you know i'm a big fan that athletes should not be idolized they should not be looked at upon their good morals or about how they view things you know their entertainment a jiu-jitsu sport is entertainment that's what it is ufc is entertainment now can we get valuable lessons from it and learn some cool techniques 100 percent. but you know whatever their attitude is whatever their demeanor is it's always going to be for entertainment and they're trying to you know push themselves just like you're trying to push yourself you know i have mad respect for a doctor that you know works 12 hour shifts in an er and then finds you know three days a week to train for an hour and to get better at jujitsu i find that as admirable as gordon ryan training seven days a week three times a day it's whatever they need to do for themselves to get better you know gordon ryan's self-improvement is by looking at the next competition and and legacy and trying to uh, build his uh brand or to build him up competing that way you know my doctor's idea is that you know his number one goal is his you know his patience and making sure people's lives are saved and so he does jujitsu as a form of self-improvement so that can help him in his main career even better but both neither one is better than the other it's just what do you train jujitsu for so this is a very hard topic a lot of times for students to understand they want to compare themselves a lot of times and it's um, I've actually seen it kind of hurt jujitsu students a lot more times back whenever I started training. I sound old whenever I say that back whenever I started training that, you know, someone had to be in training jujitsu for 10 to 15 years before they were ever well known. You know, they had to go from white to black belt and then they had to kind of be given the nod by their instructor and their instructor was super well known before, you know, you look at Marcelo Garcia, that was. Um, you know, under Fabio Grizel and, and Team Alliance. And you see all these people that kind of came out, Lovato, that was under Salo and Sanji, you know, these guys that had to be around for a long time before they came up. And now because of marketing and the internet and social media, you know, these guys are rising to the top and the sport has changed a lot more since those guys are in. So it's better to get easier or better to get easier. It is easier to get better at one specific thing a lot faster you know, that's why everyone goes to Nogi because these guys are transitioning. It's, it's, it's less techniques they have to learn. You can use your athleticism. You can use your speed. That does not diminish the hard work that they have put in. It's just they're, the gi is a lot more technical. There's a lot more things to learn. So if I'm wanting to become famous at jiu-jitsu, if I'm wanting to actually do some stuff in the sport, Nogi is definitely going to be a faster route than the gi. That doesn't mean one's better than the other. I personally think that you should be training both. If you're wanting to learn the martial art of jiu-jitsu and not be in the sport of jiu-jitsu um i think that you should know both i think something is beautiful about the idea of martial arts even traditional taekwondo and karate and then there's a reason for learning everything and putting on the gi and doing the rituals and doing the ceremony and 
their respect and that that's kind of the more of the martial art aspect. Like I said, the sport is a lot more entertaining. So I, I grew up wanting to be a ninja. I grew up wanting to watch the karate kid and Bruce Lee and, and be like water. And I know a lot of people say, well, that stuff's just them saying it, but you know, there's a aura to it that it tries to help people walk a better path and be a better person. And whatever you want to say to that, you know, that people do that with religion, people do that with other things. So, um, that's truly what I love about martial arts is no, it doesn't matter what art, judo, jujitsu, karate, uh, taekwondo, there's some kind of a respect and an honor and a way that you treat people in it. And so at the end of the day, that's kind of what I very much enjoy passing on. Yeah. I like to get after it and scrap and, you know, my ego gets hurt, but that's what we're here for. So thank you guys for uh, tuning into this first episode. I hope you enjoy it. And uh, my goal is to produce these, you know, as frequently as I can. I'm going to try to do them daily if possible, at least Monday through Friday. So that way you guys can always digest. Like I said, follow me on social media. That way um, you can know when the latest episode comes out and then submit your questions. I'd love to talk with you and give my ramble thoughts on it. And uh, yeah, you guys keep training hard and welcome to the Jiu-Jitsu Secrets Podcast.